go. I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who I'm picking? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life. I never settle. All right, all right, guys. What, what's up, everybody? This is Jeff Sintel, DogNation.com, and whew, we got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. We had a special guest for the show about 30 minutes ago. Special guest. Um, we'll have to be a special guest at a at a time to be determined later, a future show. So that leaves us a lot to talk about. Something that I kind of had in my in my back pocket a little bit uh, to talk about, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. But before we do, where are my ma- manners as a uh, son of the South and a Southern gentleman? I want to thank everybody for joining us on Before the Hedges tonight. Before the Hedges, what's that? That's that weekly recruiting show on all things Georgia football. Of course, Wednesday night is the night for recruiting on Dog Nation. Uh, We talk about all things about players on their way to play for Georgia. That's why we call it Before the Hedges. Before the Hedges is sponsored and brought to you by Kroger. Uh, That's a fine five-star partnership there between Dog Nation and Kroger. Um, This broadcast is on YouTube. Hello, YouTube. It's on Facebook. Howdy, Facebook. How's everybody out there tonight? Everybody doing good? You ready to learn about name, image, and likeness? That's what we're going to talk about tonight. And after our show, which streams live right now, it will be available in a podcast form. It'll be available on SoundCloud, on Spotify, and the Apple podcast platforms. And um, a couple of things before we get started on NIL. It it seems to me like NIL is kind of like this lighthouse beacon that everybody uh, talks about at tailgates or talks about it around the TV or the water cooler and like, oh man, that's going to be big. Oh, what's going to happen? I can't wait to see what happens. So we're going to go through a few things. I guess we're going to call it a TED talk. I'm not going to go, first of all, I could go 45 minutes on all this stuff. Nobody wants to do that. I'm going to try and condense a TED talk into about maybe 10 minutes on all things name, image, and likeness. Um, How am I going to hold myself to that? Because I'm going to start my clock right there. Uh, So I think the first thing to think about, we had some big news drop today, by the way. First of all, the NCAA decided that there would be a one-time transfer allowance uh, for all NCAA athletes. Um, And that's going to become official tomorrow night when the NCAA, uh, I guess their symposium, the NCAA's latest meeting uh, concludes and adjourns. That's when it will become public. Of course, one-time transfer, what does that mean? Uh, Does that mean that would be in conflict with the NCAA, the SEC rule about you can't transfer inside the conference. That's something that will have to be navigated there. But I think the main matter um, – oh, and oh, folks, we got G-Day coming this weekend as well. Um, something I put up on the Dog Nation forum this week is um, several key Georgia offensive targets will likely not be at G-Day. Why? Uh, because they play for the Hustle Inc. 7-on-7 program where they're having a one-day tournament. Uh, names like Kojo Antwi, uh, Oscar Delp, Gunnar Stockton. Uh, Marcus Allen, um, you know, in the 2022 class, Marquise Groves, Killebrew, all those guys are, are on Hustle Inc. and they will be representing in that tournament. So not very likely to see a lot of those names there. There are names that are going to start coming in. You'll see those stories on dognation.com. I would expect to see, um, again, folks, people can't come in on, on up in on um, anything else but a regular ticket. There will be no contact um with the georgia recruiting staff or georgia coaches they're going to have to get in just like joe fan this weekend at g-day um a a cool bit of news i can report on the show is i learned uh this evening before we we came on the air that jalen walker the recent georgia uh all-american commitment out of north carolina he'll be in g-day he'll be at g-day with his family they'll be coming to see georgia for the first time for him um since his dad was on a coastal carolina staff inside sanford stadium so those are couple of nuggets right now let's get to the enchilada and I've already burnt two minutes of my uh, TED talk here on name image and likeness so let me get uh, to the matter at hand first of all what is name image and likeness I know everybody thinks that's some sort of buzzword some sort of deadly word let me give you the NCA's definition of it of what does name image and likeness mean so that's going to be our first topic we've got a few that I want a few core topics I want to bounce around here and name, image, and likeness. What that means is the term is taken on new meaning amid the national conversation. Most simply, name, image, and likeness are the three elements that make up a legal concept known as right of publicity. Right of publicity involves those situations where permission is required of a person to use their name, image, and likeness. For example, 
no permission is required for a newspaper to publish a photo of an athlete playing in a game. The legal copyright would belong to the photographer and not the person picture. But name, image, and likeness, everybody translates that to money. How can athletes already earn money off their name, image, and likeness? And I think that's the, that's the, the main first thrust of things that are going on right now. If you've been following this story in the news, folks, I've been following it for about two years. Um, what's happening right now is there is a there's legislation that's taking place in the Supreme Court. And you had a lot of states that were hoping that the NCA would come to a matter on this and provide some blanket national legislation. Of course, if we know the National Collegiate Athletic Association, that never happens. Um, there also the NCA was kind of looking towards Congress to put together some some sweeping legislation that will govern all the states in terms of an athlete's name, image, and likeness. Now, that's a long debate about uh, antitrust issues and everything else and about the, the right of uh, the athletes to mobilize, to collectively bargain for their rights. That's probably not going to happen. So in the meantime, what you've seen is a lot of states. I think there's six or seven states right now that have laws on the books. The first one of those is in Florida. Uh, that's scheduled to take place on June the 1st, where um, their name, image, and likeness laws will go into effect. Uh, California has some. Alabama has some. Uh, Georgia had some legislation that passed that, that was passing through the House and Senate last year. Um, but that was last year. Uh, it, it needs to go through this year uh, in order for it to be ratified. So a lot of these things um, we're going to talk about today. First of all, I've got a disclaimer. This is not the Ten Commandments and me bringing them down from Mount Sinai. This is how it's going to be. What I'm going to do is present a lot of the things that I'm hearing and a lot of the different perspectives about, about name, image, and likeness and what it might be. I uh, hope that covers it. If you guys have a question, feel free to drop it right there. But uh, you got to, first off, that's our first topic. Now you've got a good sense of what name, image, and likeness means. Simply put, that's the way for the college athlete to use their name, image, and likeness for their own benefit to receive income, uh, along with playing in, in a, playing on their college athletic team. Second, second topic, this is, I think is a very big one is, it is who could really benefit from it. Um, I want you to think about something, uh, especially folks that are in the state of Georgia. I'm sure that's where large pockets of our audience are at tonight. I want you to think about um, the state of Georgia or wherever you live that's maybe near a metropolitan area. And as you do so, I want you to think about um, what type of athlete endorsements are you seeing out there in the public? Do you see TV commercials, for example, in Atlanta? Do you see TV commercials with um, Julio Jones? Do you see billboards with Matt Ryan? Do you see Freddie Freeman's um, name and image plastered over billboards or on McDonald's cups, uh, gas station um, endorsements and things like that? Uh, think about that. I just rattled off some Hall of Fame type names in the Atlanta market. And by and large, you don't see a lot of those guys on, um, you know, their own, you know, car deals or they're not, you know, doing uh, they're not doing televised spots representing car lots, car makers, car dealers or anything else like that. And these are mega, uh, mega Hall of Fame near level stars in the Atlanta market. Think about that for other markets, wherever you might be living in. Um, I think one ten poll to think about this in terms of the college athlete is if they want to represent themselves um, and market and, and, and make income and generate income off their name, image, and likeness, you would think, first of all, I challenge you to think about the following when it comes to your Georgia Bulldogs. Think about, um, first of all, here's what they can't do. They can't wear uh, their Georgia helmet in an endorsement. They can't represent, they can't have their Georgia jersey on while they're trying to um, market themselves or market a product. Um, that's intellectual property of the University of Georgia. They can't be in front of the arches. They can't be inside Sanford Stadium, um, especially when they're trying to market themselves independently. Uh, that would be the University of Georgia's intellectual property. And for those athletes to be a part of that, it would have to be part of the University of Georgia's branding, the University of Georgia football program and athletic department sponsors. That's one thing that I've learned from that. So if you want to think about this for a second, um, Go back the last four or five years. Who do you think you would recognize on TV or perhaps um, in, a, in a, a local television spot or on a billboard or in a newspaper um, advertisement? 
who would you recognize from the Georgia program uh, without their number, without their helmet, without the red and black paraphernalia around them? Those would be kind of like the marquee faces, those instant quasi-bulldog celebrities, kind of like the guys that are going to be signing autographs this weekend at G-Day. Um, I would think Jake Fromm would have been a guy that could have benefited from uh, name, image, and likeness. Rodrigo Blankenship, that would be a guy that could have benefited from name, image, and likeness. But as you go down, up and down the board, when you see names like what I mentioned earlier, Julio Jones, uh, Ronald Acuna, Matt Ryan, um, even Trey Young of the Hawks in the Atlanta market, uh, how many of those Bulldogs do you think are that instantly recognizable from a marketing standpoint? Very few. I mean, I think you could add DeAndre Swift in there. Um, I think Jordan Javis and JT Daniels might be the candidates on this year's Georgia team. Those guys that would be instantly recognizable. I think Aziz Ojalari might have been a little bit towards the latter part last year. Maybe you can throw um, Richard LeCount in there. Maybe you can throw Andrew Thomas in there. My point is, is there's very rarely to really move the dial. And what I mean move the dial is like a $50,000, a $100,000 endorsement or a marketing opportunity outside of Georgia's intellectual property. That's going to be really hard for a lot of those college athletes to do when a lot of the professional athletes with agents um, are really not, you're not seeing a lot of that in, it, in the Atlanta market or in the state of Georgia market. So that's number two. Number three are kind of like, what would be the benefits of it? Um, for name, image, and likeness. I've got a good example here. Do you guys remember DeAndre Swift uh, when he wore those Beyond Blessed t-shirts everywhere? Or you see maybe Zamir White now with his Z3 logo on some of his t-shirts he's wearing. Well, of course, that would be an individual's name, image, and likeness and brand. And you think about social media, uh, a guy like Zamir, a guy like DeAndre, a guy like Hot Rod, think about Rex Specs. Those guys, there's nothing to stop, would have stopped those guys from you know, partnering with a company, uh, putting like a link uh, as a social media influencer on their Instagram or on their Twitter um, as a way, especially on Instagram, as a way to say, hey, um, you want a shirt, you want you want to you want to you want to represent the shirt uh, of your favorite Georgia player. That's a way to do that. There would be a link. They could handle that through their social media, their social media, their Instagram accounts could kind of function as the uh, advertising for what they're trying to do. That's something to think about there. Um, remember way back when, when, uh, the movement was for Tyler Simmons, Tyler Simmons was on sides. Um, he could have came up with his own t-shirt gimmick. He could have sold t-shirts like that on their own underneath kind of what we see coming of the name, image, and likeness benefits. Um, the thing that I, I think about for a lot of things in terms of recruiting is the local kid. Uh, for example, let's say I, I use this example a lot. I've heard this example articulated to me to me a lot like how will name image and likeness affect recruiting i've got an example here i'm going to use two sec schools the first one is going to be alabama uh the second one will be kentucky and let's think about i'm just going to hypothetically make up a tight end and this is a great tight end number five tight end in the country he's out of louisville kentucky um he has the option uh of going to alabama and maybe that type of player would probably be, you know, the number 10, 15, 20 player in another strong Alabama class. Uh, he could go there and he could, he could make it, make his way to Alabama. Uh, but then he would kind of be a relative unknown in that market. He would kind of, if you're speaking from an endorsement brand or earning potential projection there, it's my opinion here that the young man's uh, name, image, and likeness potential would be diminished if he went to, if he went to Alabama immediately and probably doesn't start right away, probably doesn't play right away. Uh, the, the inverse of that, the alternative of that is what if he becomes an anchor commit in the Kentucky recruiting class, or maybe even Louisville, something like that as well, where um, instead of the number 18 out of 25 in the class or 15 out of 25 in the class, let's say he's the highest rated guy in Kentucky's class or one of the two or three highest rated guys in Kentucky class. Well, you would think that would open up potential for him and his local community. He could be uh, perhaps working, maybe hold, hosting his own camps uh, during the offseason, the, the John Doe or Joe Wildcat football camp. Uh, people could support him in his local community that way at the local high school. Um, he could um, be teaching young people. He could have an autograph signing at the local car dealership, the local Chevrolet, Toyota, Dodge, whatever you have it. 
Um, I think he would be able to maximize his earning power if he stayed and became uh, the big fish in the big pond rather than a medium-sized fish in a huge pond with other five stars in the, in the Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State recruiting class. I think that's a benefit how uh, name, image, and likeness can really help uh, the kids in the local market, the kids in their local state, the homegrown players. Um, that's one of the things I think right, think of right there. Now, I've talked to a lot of families about this, and some of the families tell me that, you know, I'm going to have to take that as a long-term, short-term win, long-term loss type proposition because a forward-thinking family, I've heard this from several families, they've said, well, hold on a second now. Uh, really, it's all about getting him to the league and getting him developed to play in the league. And where's the better place to do that? Are we thinking about local endorsements and local monies right now? Or are we thinking about uh, the potential of signing a, a, an $8 million contract as a second round pick versus signing a 19 or $20 million contract as a first round pick? I think a lot of families, when they're trying to weigh these things backwards and forwards, they're going to think, okay, what's going to put my child, my, my prospect in the best position uh, come come three or four years after they sign and go somewhere. That's something to think about there as well, about the trade-off versus the power program versus staying at home. That's something to think of right there. That's the third topic. Let's move quickly on to the fourth topic. Uh, and I think this is one that I, I think will probably blow, uh, probably raise a lot of eyebrows and get everybody thinking about this. And I've got a topic of how it could affect Georgia football recruiting. That's a good one. Um, I think I need to share you with this right now. I think there's a misnomer out there um, from Joe View or Joe Reader that think uh, these young people are, are barely scraping together 20 bucks on a Friday night uh, in the offseason to go take their girlfriend out to dinner or go to the movies in college. This is outside of a pandemic setting here. I think a lot of people are wondering, you know, like, hey, these kids need this. It's about time they, they get this money. I, will, I would probably push back and say, as I understand it right now, uh, the young people in college have more money. They're fed, they're clothed, they're, they want for less than they ever have before. And I'm speaking specifically there about maybe the football and basketball players. Going to be totally different when you're talking about baseball players and there's 30 baseball players sharing like 12.9 scholarships in that, in that situation. But um, especially with these big, big mega sports, the ones that have 80,000 in the stands, uh, the ones that have the huge postseason revenue, the, ho the huge conference televised, weekly televised revenue. I think that's a, a, a lot different. Um, lots of the young people, lots of the families I know, um, they're actually they actually send money home because they, they're so well taken care of while they're on campus. Um, but these athletes do deserve the right, considering how big these sports are. They do reserve the right to uh, market themselves. Now, a couple of bills I want to bring to your attention here. There's one in Alabama where you have two options. You can opt in at the beginning of the year, and you're going to manage your own name, image, and likeness rights. Uh, that bill also has where you can opt out and you can receive an annuity. Uh, instead of you having to try to market yourself on your own, I think the annuity figures I've seen are somewhere like $5,000 to $10,000 a year that would be available to you after you graduate. That's something to think about there as well, how there's a state like Alabama. And let's face it, guys, um, in the South where football is king, uh, whatever happens with name, image, and likeness, if Congress doesn't make a move or if the NCAA doesn't make a quick move, uh, you're going to see these schools rapidly ramping up because they don't want Florida, for example, to have uh, the silver bullet, so to speak, where all the recruits want to go there because their name, image, and likeness laws are so much better than everywhere else compared to Kentucky, compared to California, compared to Ohio. That's, that's going to be a very shallow proposition. Um, you're going to see quickly all of these schools kind of um, all of these conferences and states kind of quickly elevate themselves to be the best out there where that way none of these colleges, none of these programs will be taking a backseat backseat when it comes to recruiting. Um, number five, I think our last one um, that I'm going to get to today, I'm really trying to cover a lot of stuff here, guys. Um, and that's what name, image, and likeness will not be. Uh, first of all, like I said earlier, intellectual property for Florida, Georgia, yada, 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 that will likely not be used unless you, you get an athlete like, let's say a Jake Fromm type guy that's an, 
a type popular player at Georgia, a magnitude player at Georgia. Um, you know, Jake has a love for the outdoors. I could have seen uh, in a different world where if name, image, and likeness operated under Jake Fromm's time at Georgia, maybe he shows up in, um, you know, one of the university's official ads, maybe a Ford ad with Kirby Smart. Maybe um, some of the best players on the team show up in, you know, Coke ad or something like that. That's ways to where um, I think that could work. What you wouldn't see is you wouldn't see athletes um, advertising bars, advertising, um, uh, let's just say outside the Bible Belt type stuff here. Um, conflicts of interest, you, you know, you're not going to likely see uh, a Georgia athlete, which is a Nike brand, um, being compensated on their own time and on social media, wearing Adidas or Under Armour gear and stuff like that. What's going to happen is right now, the latest stuff on this is you're going to see third party regulation at this time. Uh, that would be a clearinghouse uh, where it's set up where a lot of these uh, entities, like let's say you've got a potential endorsement. Um, well, a lot of these will have to be approved by an NCA clearinghouse that will kind of regulate a lot of these things. For example, nobody's going to get $100,000 for an autograph signing for two hours in Alabama or Texas when, you know, that's not the market rate that somebody is going to get if, if, if Julio Jones is doing it in Atlanta. You see what I'm saying there with that? There's going to be um, some standardized legislation to go across that. Now, I know everybody's rolling their eyes when they're thinking, Jeff, NCA, are they really going to get that right? Um, Probably not. That's why everybody's kind of looking to, to Congress uh, to kind of bail everybody out on this with some sort of national legislation that that way every school and every state would be playing under the same rules. One thing I wanted to bring up, and I didn't mention this earlier, and this under the fourth topic, um, uh, is how it would affect Georgia recruiting. Think about this for a second. Uh, when I said earlier, when I, and I tried to paint a picture about the Georgia Bulldog stars that you guys would recognize at the gas station or recognize walking down the street without their helmet, outside of their pads, outside of their eye black. Um, well, how does a, how does a player uh, get known? Well, that's, that's because they show up every week on the highlights. They show up every week meeting the media. Uh, they show up on Georgia's social media. Um, you know, you'll see a lot of these entities and, and campuses find a way to ramp up their um, promotion of their athletes <clears throat> as these name, image and likeness re efforts ramp up. But think about this for a minute. And this is one of those um, catch your attention type type scenarios here. I'm going to dream up. And we all know that uh, Georgia football, a Kirby Smart rule. It's a Nick Saban rule in Alabama as well. Freshmen don't meet the media. So uh, let's say you have a young man and his family, let's call him a quarterback, and they're thinking, we think we can start right away. We want to go somewhere we, where we could play right away. Uh, and you want to build your brand. You want to enhance your name, image, and likeness uh, reach, simply put there, potential, simply put there. Well, if you're not talking to uh, ESPN after the game, if you're not talking, talking to Herb Street or the CBS announcers after the game or you know, with um, Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson or their sideline reporter after the big win at Tennessee or after the big win, another big win at Florida. It's very hard for you to, to, to get your dollars up, so to speak, if you're not doing that. Now, that freshman rule would definitely be different because it didn't happen at Clemson, doesn't happen at Florida. So if you're looking at an athlete that's thinking about, OK, all things being equal, I want to go where I can maximize my name, image and likeness potential. Well, then perhaps that rule might get in the way for Georgia or Alabama when it comes to competing for like a marquee five-star quarterback, the next Trevor Lawrence, the next Justin Fields, the next Brock Vandegrift. Something to think about right there. Whereas um, other schools don't have those issues, perhaps a forward-thinking family would think all things being equal, we want to go somewhere where we can be the face of the program as a freshman. Right now, it's very hard to be the face of the program at Georgia as a freshman or really with any of a, a program like Alabama, simply because uh, those rosters are stocked with so many upper echelon veteran prospects. Um, one or two other things I want to I want to share with you guys right now, and I'm, I'm really trying to condense everything that's floating through my heads right now. But um, the one thing to think about, let's 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 time travel forward to June the 1st and let's say June the 1st happens. And um, Florida's laws are on the book and everybody else is playing catch up and everybody else is wondering, you know, how do we get to where Florida is immediately? I think you're going to have and it's been written. There's some really good folks to follow about this. I think Ross Dellinger's reporting has been great. 
Um, I think Nicole Auerbach's reporting for The Athletic has been great. Ross Dellinger writes for Sports Illustrated. Um, Dennis Dodd's writing something about this stuff recently as well. But think about this. Um, if the NCA doesn't have any um, name, image, and likeness legislation yet, but the state of Florida does, I think it's going to put athletic administrators and schools in a very difficult position. Do you want to act out of compliance with NCA rules, essentially break NCA rules because there aren't any yet for name, image, and likeness? Or do you want to follow your state's rules by, by trying to follow your state's rules that have been set up in the case here of Florida? It's going to be a very slippery slope to think about because A, um, that the legislators and lawmakers in the state of Florida, for example, those folks are the ones that are funding your, your school, your athletic program, and your institution um, versus trying to adhere to what the NCA is trying to say. Whew. See where I'm getting at, guys? It's a big mess. It's a big mess all over the place. Um, hopefully, hopefully, I've given you guys a, at least something to think about now, about you know, name, image, and likeness. What should happen? Uh, the best possible scenario is it doesn't need to be the Wild West. It doesn't need to be each state has their own thing, and we're going to pass this, and we're going to keep getting better and better and better. Um, I, ultimately, here's what I, what I think name, image, and likeness could be. I think there would be about four or five players on every team that could command somewhere from an additional fifty dollars to $100,000 of income. Great for them. Whatever the marketplace dictates, they can earn it. They can go get it. I'm all for that. Everyone should be all for that. But then the other end of the spectrum, you might have a lot of players like the, the freshman tackle from Rhode Island or the freshman kicker from uh, St. Simons. That is going to create a different type of playing field uh, across a locker room where some guys are the marquee stars and they're even being compensated as such uh, versus other members of the team that are not. Be very interesting to see how the really close gelled tight knit programs are able to manage all those things uh, going forward. Uh, but when you think about name, image and likeness, I want you to think about the earliest examples I gave. How many Atlanta Braves, how many Atlanta Falcons, how many Atlanta Hawks are really making big endorsement coin. I'm trying to sound like Jerry Maguire here with the Quan. Um, how many of those guys are making that Rod Tidwell type Quan um, endorsing products in the Atlanta market or the Athens market right now? Not a lot, not a lot. Maybe because they make so much money they don't want to, uh, but um, it's going to be very hard for a lot of these athletes to market themselves upwards of six figures um, unless they're one of the two or three premier players on the roster. Hope that makes sense. I know this was a terrifically challenging topic and I've spoken way too long about it. I'm just looking at my, my, my Geiger counter right there and I, it was way too long of a TED talk, but I tried to cover as much as I could. Uh, if you guys have any questions right now, feel free to drop them in the comment section. Um, we're gonna come up on a break right now, partly because I basically took six breaths over the last 20 minutes of trying to talk about name, image, and likeness. Hopefully I gave you guys something to talk about at least. Hopefully I shared some information and insight into this huge na name, image, and likeness uh, gumbo right now as I see it. Uh, speaking of gumbo, I know a place where you can get some really good gumbo and a lot of other really good things. That is at your local neighborhood Kroger. Let's take a minute and hear the latest from your local Kroger. We'll get back to the show in just a moment, but first, a quick word from Kroger. Kroger has made shopping for the groceries and household essential items that you need even easier by offering free pickup. Just shop online, choose a pickup time convenient for you, and Kroger will carefully pick out your order and bring it to your vehicle when you arrive. So the next time you're ready to shop at Kroger, take advantage of the free pickup. It's just another way that Kroger is fresh for everyone. All right, guys, and there we're back. Uh, instead of listening to me talk about four or five major meaty topics about name, image, and likeness. You got Brandon, you got uh, a transported to your favorite Kroger aisles, the vistas and everything else like that. Uh, hope that was a, a nice little, um, a nice little um, jaunt or two. Michael Porter, uh, Joe Bromo, everybody's talking about, everybody's talking about gumbo, and everything else like that. 
So let's go. Um, lots of thoughts about gumbo. Um, <laughs> we got people talking about Cincinnati. Uh, Colby Curry, how are you? Benjamin, how are you? You guys, you got questions. If you guys want to know about this, this is the perfect time to talk about uh, name, image, and likeness. Uh, I see YouTube is uh, having a fracas. Um, so good segue there. Guys, G-Day is, uh, is on Saturday. Raise your hand. Uh, give me a like or say, uh, heck yeah, uh, or say, uh, Give me a DGD if you guys are actually going to be inside the confines of Sanford Stadium uh, on Saturday. You guys are going to be able to take in G-Day. Just want to know, um, you know, who can make it, who's dying to make it uh, to go see the dogs play, and then who's going to have to hold out maybe until uh, that Saturday in September when Georgia plays Clemson. A um, couple things. If you guys just join us on the show, you guys are joining us now. We talked about dead period coming to an end. That means June the 1st. Um, a lot of the legislation I'm hearing is that coaches might even be able to get on the road. I do not expect big um, mega camps taking place on, on campuses. I know others do. I don't expect that to happen. I think it will be very segmented and regimented with maybe, you know, very small groups coming on campus, especially for recruiting events and recruiting weekends. When I say small, I mean, you know, less than 50, less than 100, that sort of thing. Not a huge giant camp with lots of people coming in. Um, the team seven on seven camps, I don't see happening, uh, this June either. Uh, also, uh, the one-time transfer rule passed, uh, of course, it'd be very interesting to see how, what sort of roadblock the SEC intra-transfer rule has in terms of maybe circumventing that or working against that along that topic. But, and I just spent a whole lot of time, a whole lot of time talking about name, image, and likeness. Hopefully you guys at least learned a little bit more about how things may act or may not act or especially about the big moving pieces of that name, image, and likeness uh, situation. Uh, time to take a look at, uh, you know, you're like, Jeff, it's Wednesday night. It's been 25 minutes. You put me through a whole lot of NCAA gobbledygook, and I appreciate it, but now you want to, maybe you might, now you want to learn about um, top targets, which I totally understand. Um, this week we had a couple of changes to the top targets list. We had a um, we had a situation where we um, took a look at uh, you know what the board looked like, and we changed the board. Um, this is our 2022 version 4.2. Rise at 4.2. It's the fourth month, second different version in April. Uh, and let's start. We have 13 names on the board. Um, the 13th name it's fallen a little bit is Traquan Figgins out of Oxford in Oxford, Alabama. <laughs> still in the top group, um, still a very uh, impressive target. Uh, really likes Georgia a lot. You see a lot of things going on higher up on the board that saw uh, Traquan uh, taking a, a, a dip of about two or three spots. Number 12, we wrote about him uh, today on dognation.com. I really couldn't wait to write about, write about this guy. Uh, so much, so many things going on. Uh, I think he's an Eagle Scout. He's a black belt. He's a 3.8 GPA. He's an All-American football player top 100 prospect. Uh, he also works part-time at his local Kroger and has gotten several promotions right there. First of all, first of all, first time in the history of covering Georgia recruiting for me that I have someone on the top targets list with an offer that is definitely considering Georgia that actually works for Kroger. You know, how about that, guys? Uh, I think he's worked in different departments. Uh, Addison's getting promotions wherever he goes. Um, second degree black belt, he gave that up. He plays three instruments. Georgia will be his first official visit. Then he goes to Florida, then Southern Cal, and then Ohio State University. That's back-to-back-to-back weekends. Um, number 11 is Jeremiah Alexander out of Thompson in Alabaster, Alabama. Very impressive-looking prospect. Uh, former Alabama decommitment. Uh, for me, I think that Georgia, Alabama, really the two schools to watch there. Um, he has told me, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring this up again, he wants to wait till after his senior season to make his decision because he simply didn't like being a committed recruit because it took away from his work that he wanted to do for the Thompson High program he loves so much. Uh, new name moving up this week, not a new name, but a name you guys know, Tyler Booker out of IMG Academy in Bradens in Florida. Uh, Georgia made his top five. That was no surprise there at all for you guys if you've been following our coverage of Tyler Booker. 
Tyler Booker was once a defensive tackle prospect offered by Georgia, recruited by Trey Scott. Now he's an offensive line prospect uh, recruited by Georgia, recruited by Matt Luke. Uh, he'd be a swing guard or tackle. He's rated as the nation's number four tackle in the country, I believe, on 24-7 sports and its composite scale. Uh, he's got a final five, uh, his final five, and I'm going to give you the order in which the, he's going to take his official visits. Um, that is Florida first, really loves the academics at Florida, really had a lot to say about how Florida, currently the state of Florida, are the innovators and the pace setters in the name, image, and likeness movement. He'd like to think the things he was hearing there from Florida about that, but he really likes the academics at Florida. The second school on his list that's going to get an official visit, that is Oregon. Um, Oregon's kind of the one that's kind of came out of nowhere in his recruitment. Uh, number three, he calls them the OGs or the old heads of his recruitment. Uh, Georgia has always been there. Very interesting what Tyler Booker had to tell me this week when we spoke about his top five. Tyler Booker basically said the two moving pieces for Georgia is one, uh, he thinks they would have the best class in the country if he joined them, uh, something that probably no other school except Ohio State can say. And then uh, the second thing is he thinks Georgia's got it figured out and dialed in with quarterbacks, with JT Daniels to um, Brock Vandegrift and then to Gunnar Stockton. Tyler knows Gunnar Stockton very well, very impressed with Gunnar. He thinks Georgia's connection to the national title chase is linked to having an elite quarterback. He knows that Georgia has now stacked the deck with elite quarterbacks. He was also very interesting when he said, you know, Georgia's going to have a great defense, one of the best defenses in the country. He said the key to Georgia's national championship chase is having an elite quarterback. And now he's very impressed to see how well Georgia has stacked up the pantry with elite quarterbacks. Number nine is the Nyland Morissette out of Brookwood, currently out of Brookwood in Snellville, Georgia. The Nyland's a guy that everybody keeps talking about. When is Alabama going to come in his recruitment? Uh, I think Georgia continues to be in a very good spot there with the Nyland Morissette. I don't even know if he's going to wait until the um, he takes all of his official visits in June before he makes his decision. Again, the Nyland Morissette is with, is with that group. Addison Nichols is in that group. Guys coming in the first weekend, that first blockbuster June weekend when the dead period lifts um, by the NCAA. Next name on the list is another wide receiver. I think George is doing very sporty things there with Evan Stewart. Folks, Evan Stewart has over a million followers on TikTok, if you guys can believe that. He likes to listen to songs and he likes to dance to songs. He also can dance on the field. An electric receiver, kind of raw, but all the tools are there. He's a 10-5, 10-6 in the 100. Incredible track athlete as well. Number seven, a name that continues to go up is five-star safety Kamari Wilson out of ING Academy. Folks, there's the third weekend in June. We should just call it the ING Academy weekend. Uh, Kamari Wilson's going to be there. Denylon Everett's going to be there. Keon Sab's going to be there. Tyler Booker's going to be there. Um, Katron Fatman Allen's going to be there. I mean, will the last uh, big boy elite recruit at ING Academy uh, leave, turn the lights off on their way out because everybody's going to be in Athens that weekend? Another name moving up, five-star defensive tackle Travis Shaw out of Grimsley, North Carolina. Very interesting recruiting right now happening with Travis Shaw out of North Carolina. The same can be said for Walter Nolan, another name, uh, number one, number one defensive tackle in the country across all services. That's all you really need to say there. Number four is Oscar Delp. Uh, Georgia is also going to host Oscar Delp that first weekend in June. Oscar Delp is the nation's number one tight end and has long been uh, the number one target for Georgia at tight end in this class. I think he's got uh, official visits set to South Carolina as well. Also working on a couple more. Uh, number three is Kojo Antwig. Now, Kojo made some news this week. I don't, I don't know if you guys saw it on social media, but got to give him credit. He's basically trying on his quarterback arm in the 2022 class, kind of like a Tom Ford suit. Kojo Antwig went to uh, Houston over the, over the last few days, over the last week, worked out with five-star quarterback Connor Weigman, uh, Texas A&M commit, uh, Texas A&M, Ohio State, and Georgia sound like the uh, three wise schools, the three wise men of his decision. Those are the three schools that carry the most juice, according to what I'm hearing. Uh, Kojo Antwi worked out with Connor Wagman uh, the same way he's been working out and playing with Gunnar Stockton on the Hustle Inc. 7-on-7 team. So props to Kojo Antwi. He's not only trying on the schools, he's not only going to take his official visits, he's going to figure out which quarterback um, – he meshes with the best. Uh, check out, give them both a test drive and very smart of that young man to do that. 
Number two, Branson Robinson, five-star running back uh, in my book. Number one running back in the country for rivals. I think he keeps moving up. I think he's a number 40 prospect now on the composite. Uh, Branson Robinson will visit Georgia during that first weekend in June as well on an official visit. That's the indication that I continue to hear regarding uh, Branson Robinson. And number one, number one on the list again for another week. Uh, we need to update this because I needed to, we needed to update this. We need to spend more time updating the top targets. Um, give that man, Mikel Williams, a five-star ranking because he just picked one up over the last week. Uh, Mikel Williams out of Hardaway High School in Columbus, Georgia. Mikel is a recent five-star as well. Uh, he has yet to set up his uh, official visit to the University of Georgia. Right now, I think he's got uh, Southern Cal and Georgia Tech or uh, the schools he has figured out right now. Let's roll through uh, the names to know. You got Jordan Lockdown Allen, uh, three-star defensive back out of Louisiana. Recently dropped his top six. Georgia made his top six. Georgia is still the pinned tweet on his Twitter account. Uh, Katron Fatman Allen, that guy, folks, he was just basically, he's looked as impressive as Lavoisier Carroll did for IMG Academy over the past two seasons. Again, he's coming in with that IMG crew on the third weekend in June. That's his official visit. Uh, Marcus Allen out of Walton High, really impressed with this young man. His length, his physicality, the way he plays the position. Marcus has set an official visit right now to Pitt as well. He's going to check out Pitt. Um, three-star safety, Emory Floyd out of Hillgrove, Powder Springs, Georgia. Um, Auburn really in the mix there with Emory Floyd right now. Uh, Georgia had been his longtime leader. Uh, Andre Green is another big play uh, prospect out of uh, Richmond, Virginia. Four-star wide receiver, John Keese, J.Q. Hardaway. You want to talk about an ideal star type, physical, big, um, lots of potential. I think he's kind of underrated right now. Uh, J.Q. Hardaway used to play with Mikel Williams at Hardaway High School. Uh, another receiver, uh, Shalik Knotts out of Monroe High School in Monroe, North Carolina. That's an Under Armour All-American. That's a top 60 overall recruit as well. Um, Georgia in receivers. I think one of the defining signatures of this recruiting class will be what they do with the wide receiver position. Daniel Martin, uh, we've mentioned that. I hear, I, I think I saw a report that Daniel Martin has established an official visit to Vanderbilt so far. That would be a great fit for Daniel Martin. He would be perhaps the alpha in that recruiting class should he, should he go play for the Commodores. Um, Five-star kicker Alex McPherson, that's uh, the brother of former Florida kicker by the same last name. He's out of Fort Payne, Alabama. Georgia recently offered him a scholarship. Very interesting when Georgia starts throwing out scholarship offers uh, to specialists. Keith Miles, Georgia's in his top seven. He's out of Jersey City in New Jersey. Very uh, impressive-looking defensive lineman as well. Uh, Kristen Miller, I think we had an update on Kristen Miller. I don't know how many cheers this will give for our audience, but you guys remember Christian Miller. What a cool dude. What a very fun guy to talk to. Seems to me that he has dropped uh, Florida from his consideration of schools. Uh, he has Louisville in the mix there, Southern Cal in the mix there. Those are schools where he's given an official visit. Uh, Christian said he might take an unofficial visit to Georgia that first weekend in June as well. He's told me in the past that he wants to save his last official visit for the Bulldogs. Ohio State, Southern Cal, and Georgia are the schools to watch there. Sean Murphy. Sean caught a lot of attention this week uh, with him working out. First of all, he had 100. He was working out with a doing bicep curls with the 100 barbells. Very impressive there for an inside linebacker. He's being recruited to play inside and outside linebacker. Um, he tells me he still needs to get a chance to go see Georgia. He has not visited Georgia as of yet. Visited a lot of schools prior to the pandemic, but he hasn't visited Georgia. Sean Murphy also told me that um, Georgia does check a lot of the boxes for him. Jake Pope, love this young man out of Buford High School. He's a Clemson legacy. Doesn't have a Clemson offer yet. Georgia's in his top eight. Uh, Quayshon Sapp out of Lee County. This guy uh, made some news and then backed off some news. He was he was going to make his commitment on May the 7th, his mother's birthday. But then a couple of days later, he decided he was not ready to do that. <clears throat> Quayshon Sapp, <clears throat> really impressive offensive lineman out of Lee County, Georgia. His team played Jake Pope's Buford team for the state title uh, last season. I thought the Buford-Lee County game was the best state championship game uh, we saw last year in the state of Georgia. Two or three more, Shamar Stewart out of Monsignor Pace. I uh, like Georgia's shot here. I had to think about one name that I would have drifted up to the top top 12 or top 13 that I would debate myself about who belonged in there. I might move Shamar Stewart all the way up to maybe the 12 or 13 spot. Be very interested to see how many trips he can take to Georgia and 
uh, if he can make an unofficial visit or one of those self-guided visits prior to the dead period opening back up in June. Antonio Williams, wide receiver out of Dutch Fork, South Carolina. A lot of folks think there that, um, you know, South Carolina, he wants to stay home and stay in state. Uh, if Clemson offers him, I think they would be a major contender for his services. Uh, and I, White, MOTEP Charter in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, name to watch here. You guys watch what Jeff just did. He just kind of dropped that one in. I don't know if Anai White has made the top group yet. Uh, Anai White, MOTEP Charter in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Same size, same high school program, uh, which is now sending uh, Tyke Smith to the University of Georgia as well via the transfer portal for, from West Virginia. Got some 2022 targets. Not many dedicated uh, decision dates out there. Why? That's because everybody's so close now to taking their visits. But Kojo Antwi is on July the 5th. And John Kiss, John Kiss, JQ Hardaway, scheduled for June the 20th as well. Let's take a quick look around the breakdown. George is still number two. Grew a lot closer to Ohio State. I think they're only like three points away. If Georgia was to get a commitment sometime in the next uh, month prior to Ohio State, I think Georgia would leap. Ohio State to take over the number one class. Georgia currently has two guys on offense. Jordan James is one of those, the running back at Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And then uh, Gunnar Stockton is the other one. They currently have nine defensive uh, commitments, one special teams commitment, eight in-state, four out-of-state, just two five-stars now. Um, Gunnar Stockton recently lost his five-star on the composite. Five top 50 commitments. Barry Alexander moved into the top 50. Barry Alexander, folks, he is now the number – 38 overall prospect in the country, I believe. Um, Bayer just keeps moving up with the recent ESPN re-rankings. You got eight top 100 commits. You got eight top 150 commits. Ten commitments are from SEC country. Two are from outside SEC country. Folks, those are our meat and potatoes that we go through every week, trying to give you guys a, a very big picture look at what everything's, what everything's going on with Georgia football recruiting. Um, you guys missed a show, just joining the show right now. We talked about G-Day a little bit. We talked about the one-time transfer the one-time transfer rule um, being enacted by some NCA legislation this week, which will become effective on Thursday night. Also, big story tonight we talked about tonight, uh, kind of an um, shoot from the hip, uh, very audible call we did right now. We decided to give you a good breakdown of everything, all the moving pieces of the name, image, and likeness movement. There's a lot of things to get my arms around on that on that discussion right there, but that's as quickly as I can give you um, a lot of the bells and whistles about things that are the moving cogs on that uh, really widespread discussion right now. Uh, online chatter, who's up for some online chatter? I've got a few things I wanted to share. Uh, let me see. Uh, first thing I want to bring you up is uh, this is a good topic because I want to. I'm going to call for this tweet from Mike Bianchi of the Orlando Sentinel, longtime columnist there, longtime reporter there. It's a picture he he shared from the spring game at uh, at Central Florida this past weekend. And you want to talk about name, image, and likeness? Look at the jersey right there of the quarterback Dylan Gabriel. Look how the nameplate has been replaced with the social media handle. I think that might be the Instagram. It might be the Twitter. Handle. You saw a lot of Central Florida players, almost all the Central Florida players had that on there. They're billing themselves as the future of college football right now with their new innovations. Got to give them credit for this and Gus on. I think this was a very smart method right here. I think if anybody wants to know how I can follow uh, the quarterback at Georgia or the quarterback at Central Florida after he's thrown the fourth touchdown of the game, uh, you can just look in the back of his jersey and that would be a way to find his Twitter account, his social media account. And folks, that would be the key to whatever sort of brand ambassadorship or social influencer role that the uh, name, image, and likeness rules would allow an athlete to have. Um, very interesting right there. Uh, take a look at this tweet. This was a tweet where Tyler Booker announced his top five. Uh, look at the unique custom-made T-shirt right there where he put his birth date on there um, from Connecticut, and he put his top five schools in there, and he's got the pictures of all, top, all five of those schools right there in a custom made t-shirt. I thought that was a very clever graphic and a, a way we've not seen that done before. Um, two things I wanted to pull up. Uh, this is the tweet from Nicole Auerbach of The Athletic. She's one of their, their best investigative enterprise reporters uh, for that fine website um, and that fine app. 
Uh, Nicole basically breaks down what's going to happen with the uh, one-time transfer rule, what, how it's going to go into effect and be passed this week. Uh, it becomes effective again tomorrow night. Uh, another another uh, tweet I want to show you, and this is just indicative of that IMG weekend. This is from Keon Sapp. Uh, Keon Sab is the nation's number one safety, while Kamari Wilson is the nation's number one athlete who would play safety in college. Uh, part of that IMG group that's all visiting Georgia, the Nylon Everett, Catron Fatman Allen. Uh, you've got Keon Sab here. You've got Tyler Booker. Um, lots of IMGs guys. Jod Campbell. I mean, not, let me not forget him. That's another guy that's coming in. Uh, five members. Uh, and it'd be interesting to see whether Kamari Wilson takes his official visit before that, or he takes an unofficial before that and is official with the rest of his guys. But that is going to be IMG at UGA weekend for sure. How's it feel, everybody? We got G-Day coming this weekend. You had me, uh, blah, 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 for rapid fire talking about name, image, and likeness. And then we've got uh, visits opening up. we got one-time transfer rules. It sounds like that diesel of college football and the machine is starting to crank back up. And that's something that, Man, I tell you, I tell you what, folks, when when I step inside Sanford Stadium this weekend, I'm going to be like, I will never, ever, ever take that for granted again um, to be inside that place uh, covering that football program and covering that team. Um, folks, you got questions. This is where I'm going to do. I'm going to take a quick lap through both of those uh, through Facebook. Uh, Facebook, I'm going to give you guys. Uh, Honors off the tee. Johnny Webster, I think you're right. I think this could be the best class that Georgia ever signs under Kirby. Not only rankings-wise, prospect-wise, but steely young men, steely laser-focused young men is what I'm going to say there. Travis S. McCullough, how are you? Uh, John William Adams, I don't think there would be a chance that Georgia would accept three running backs in this class. Hank Majors, how are you, man? Uh, Brian Taylor, man, I'm, I miss being down there for the Masters as well. I got I to gotta tell you guys, one of these times, one of these days, I'm going to tell you guys some of my Masters stories. Uh, let me see, guys, when, when, I, when I jump quickly back and forth, uh, I show up on Facebook. If you guys had a question I haven't seen, please feel free to drop it again. Uh, Take a look at YouTube. I hope YouTube's playing nice. Uh, Foster Moss, uh, correct. IMG has been very, very good to Georgia. Uh, DM Mark 42. Kamari Wilson's commitment date was sort of a de facto uh, different type of commitment date for a, a all-star game. Uh, Dog fan for life. B, uh, dog fan, let me, let, how about this? I'm all about viewer suggestion box. Who do you want the next interview to be with? If I could pull in anybody on the uh, show next week, who would you want it to be? HR picking stuff. Man, I like that. Admirable, sir. Uh, let's give a salute to HR picking stuff. Uh, listen to this comment. He says, I'm a USC Trojan fan. I'm out in California. We have titles too, but we're not here bashing Georgia. I'm here to support our California guys, Daniels, Ringo, Bowers. He included – Ringo's actually from Arizona, but Daniels and Milton and Bowers. Uh, Ballard Sports Media, man. How are you, sir? <laughs> Who do you guys think? Uh, let's say name, image, and likeness happens. Uh, who do you think is the most marketable player on the Georgia team right now? I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about that. I would, I would kind of, like I said earlier, I would think the most marketable players on the Georgia team right now would have to be JT Daniels or Jordan Davis. Hard for a defensive tackle to be Jordan Davis because he's not front and center leading the team. Uh, I, th I thought George Pickens would have had a great opportunity to be the 
one of the faces of the program. A lot of times it's not just the guys that um, you would say is the SEC media day spokesman type guys, but in some cases there are. I mean, remember when Georgia sent Jake Fromm, Andrew Thomas, and J.R. Reed? Well, those were two of the most marketable and marquee uh, names on the on the roster. And J.R. Reed is a fantastic speaking cabinet captain and an ambassador for the team. Um, you think I would also think, you know, he needs a great season, but a guy like uh, a guy like a Nicobe Dean, uh, I think, would be up there on the list as well. Think about the the type of opportunities he could get as a national All-American linebacker playing well for a top five team at Georgia, especially in his uh, local market in Mississippi as well. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the guys that have juice coming into the season because a lot of these endorsements and whenever they would happen, hypothetically, they'd have to happen in the offseason. Center point media. Good question. I do see Georgia continuing to uh, uh, Georgia definitely continuing to recruiting well out West in Cali. I think they're just going to, I think the more success that JT Daniels and Brock Bowers and Kendall Milton have, I think it's going to ratchet it up a couple of notches. Foster Moss. I'll be looking for you too, sir. All right, guys. Uh, Malcolm Carter, a good question here. Um, how did Gunner lose his fifth star? I think uh, Gunner's fifth star, basically, is a, I think it's a lot of it is, um, you know, first of all, Gunner is almost set to break every passing record in the history of Georgia high school football, except for maybe one or two of Trevor's really upper echelon records. Uh, if you could tell me Gunner Stockton would, would play 15 games as a senior, then I think he has a chance for every record every career passing record in the state of Georgia. I think a lot of it has to do with he's not 6'3", 6'4". A lot of it has to do that he's a he's a commitment um, and a very, very steadfast commitment. Of course, you could say, well, hey, Jeff, Quinn Ewers is uh, committed to Ohio State. He's the number one player in the country. His rating is not going down at all. I, I grant you that. Um, the prototype stuff there with Gunner is not just not that not there. And I think a lot of people are kind of kicking the tires on the Testarossa right now a little bit with Gunner. Um, I think he's still the number two quarterback in the country. I think what you've seen is a lot of these players um, at different positions are being elevated above Gunner. I think it would be different if um, multiple quarterbacks jumped ahead of Gunner. I think I think it was a farce how uh, the ESPN rankings have him as the number 90 or 89 prospect in the country, and they've got four quarterbacks in the country better than Gunner. And, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I certainly don't see that. Um, some good suggestions, guys. I think, uh, uh, I think center point media makes a great point. I think Lewis seen is one of the most down to earth, genuine human beings on the Georgia football team. Uh, he's a very deep thinker and he's a very, uh, interesting young man, very talented young man, not just as a, not just as a guy that will bring the wood, uh, from the safety spot either. Uh, he's a very talented kid. Um, and it has a lot on his mind, a very purposeful young man. He's always been a very purposeful young man. Uh, and I thought that uh, I saw another name, Jamari Salyer, another guy, very well-spoken, very well-spoken. But I think at some point you've got to be the guy that, you know, the kids' jerseys will wear. And another thing that people want to think about, the jersey topic, that's something I forgot to mention in name, image, and likeness, guys. Jerseys and jersey sales aren't what you'd expect them to be. I think I saw a study, I think it was in Forbes.com, where they, they looked at um, how much money that Texas A&M made off the sale of the official Johnny Manziel jersey. And that was even when he came back after he won the Heisman. And I think that, when, including the licensing and the money you had to pay out, I think I think Texas A&M, I think it was reported that they didn't even make $100,000 on all the sales of the Johnny Manziel journeys, jerseys. That's how different the, the profit margins and the licensing things go there for that. Um, and listen, I don't think there's anybody on the Georgia team that's going to sell as many jerseys or be as charismatic or as popular nationally as Johnny Manziel was for those two seasons here. He was magical at Texas A&M. Awesome. Uh, got some requests for some interviews. People want to see Gunnar Stockton uh, for the next show. Uh, hope everybody has themselves a great night. Hey, guys. Been before the hedges. 
we kind of shot from the hip today to give you guys a really good show. Regardless, we had a, a whole different type of show planned, but we had to zig when something else zagged. Um, talked about the name, image, and likeness movement. Presented a couple of concepts that I think everybody needs to know so they would be a better thinking thinking fan, Georgia fan, that um, have a better, better kind of outlook of what everything's going to. Um, hope I was able to answer some questions or at least open up the topic for a lot of you guys that wanted to know, like, what's it going to mean for Georgia? How's it going to affect the team I root for on Saturdays? That's what I try to do there with all that. Um, guys, before we go, I want to wish you guys a very great week. I want to wish you safe travels if you guys are going to Athens Town this weekend. I want to ask everybody to uh, take care of one another out there, love one another. Um, have yourself a great week. Go to your Kroger, visit your Kroger. Um, we got uh, cover four going tomorrow with the gang. Uh, we've also got Brandon Adams and Dog Nation daily in the morning. Look out for uh, Good Day UGA from Connor Riley as well and all those on the beat segments from Mike Griffith as well. Check out the Dog Nation app. If you don't have the Dog Nation app, download that sucker because we're really starting to get rolling and clicking now with another football game about to be played inside Sanford Stadium. I'm Jeff Sintel. You're representing Dog Nation on another Wednesday. Let's go. I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life. I never settle.